Please won't you be my neighbor, neighbor and friend. Hello everybody, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. It's delightful to see all of you, all of you lovely, lovely people here tonight. I know, you, you deserve, you deserve a round of applause. You made it, and that's making my night much, much better, so thank you for that that very kind token of appreciation. What the hell am I talking about? Okay. It is spring. It is very, very cold outside, and the Chicago baseball teams will be playing in a week, and I am thrilled about that. I don't know if this is a baseball crowd, uh, considering that this bar has no televisions, and we don't sell a lot of Miller Lite, but that's okay. Um, it's not about that. I love, I love baseball. Baseball... I'm not a religious man. I never have been, but this is the closest thing I have to religion, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, there's something about the eternal hope of winning a World Series. I mean, I'm a, I grew up a Cubs fan, and like I still believe that it is possible to win things. And that doesn't sound right, because it makes no sense, and I'm okay with that. And like, Who won the World Series last year? Exactly. None of you in this bar know. It was the San Francisco Giants. No one predicted them to win, and they did. And what's cool about the San Francisco Giants is one of their pitchers has a fucking awesome metal beard, and that, that alone makes baseball worth watching. I was the San Francisco Giants player. That's a lie. I was a Westchester baseball, and our team was the Giants. So I was technically a Giants player in 1995. I was 12 years old, and I had a great season. Um, I, uh, I had a lot of promise starting out as a little leaguer uh, from kidding kindergarten where you play t-ball all the way up through fifth grade i was an all-star sixth grade i kind of started to figure out what rock and roll was and i was no longer an all-star i had a very <laughs> i was a very angry child i used to throw the bats after i struck out and uh i was a big kirby puckett fan and kirby puckett used to do the sign of the cross so i would do the sign of the cross even though i like 12 i was like this is bullshit doesn't matter <laughs> i um i had a great season i, I kind of got my head back on uh track is that a thing no all right I got my head back on, and I played really, really well, and I made the All-Star team that year, and I was late to the All-Star game. I know, Merle gasped. That was delightful. Merle Merle is up here. She's going to be co-hosting and gasping throughout the evening. That sounds bad. That sounds like I'm going to, like, consistently threaten you and gasp, but we're not going to do any threatening tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing a new show. Anyways, I get to the All-Star game. We're two innings in. Uh... All of a sudden, I'm playing shortstop. I made a crazy catch, like an like a all-star Ozzie Guillen catch. Ozzie Guillen did make the all-star team a handful of times. Do not knock Ozzie Guillen as a baseball player. <laughs> what? Because apparently this crowd hates Ozzie Guillen. No. Um, I got to pitch in the all-star game. Three up, three down. Holy fuck. I was awesome. Game after the all-star game is our playoff game, and we're in the playoffs, and it's, I remember this so vividly, it's, it's drizzling, and it's about 50 degrees, and it's July, which makes no sense, but that's actually what happened, ladies and gentlemen, that is the weather in Westchester, so I'm playing the game, and um, I'm just swinging at shit, I'm not, I, like, I really don't care, and um, my third base coach, Luke Percival's father, uh, he screams, why are you swinging at that, and he literally takes his hat off, throws it in the ground, and stomps on it. I look at him, and I laugh. Next pitch, fucking double. Just a sweet double right between the left field and the center field. And when you're in, like, seventh grade, they're all almost retarded kids, so it's really easy to get a double out of a base hit. I'm on second. Next at bat, uh, 
I'm a, I'm a slow, by the way. We could steal at this point. I steal, because fuck that guy. Fuck his signs. I'm doing it. Safe at third. Next pitch. Slightly in the dirt. I steal home because fuck that guy. It was awesome. <laughs> Go back in the field. Blah, blah, blah. I'm up at bat again two innings later. Almost the same situation. I'm just swinging at shit. I'm having a great time. It's kind of raining. The girl I, 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 uh, I adored at that time... Uh, I thought was going to be there, so I was like this whole cocky, yeah, it was going to be cool, but it really, she wasn't there. Anyways, uh, I'm at bat, we're down, and it's the bottom of the seventh in, in this era, in this era, what? At this point in time, you only play seven innings, so this is the bottom of the ninth, essentially. I'm at bat, there's two outs, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I've never heard off this guy, uh, this guy, Scott Radke, why do I remember that name? That's out of nowhere. Uh, I hit the ball. I, it's the furthest ball I've ever hit. It's probably 250 feet. I'm late on the ball, though, so it goes directly to the right field. I'm a righty. It goes to the right field. The retarded kid who hasn't moved the whole fucking game catches the goddamn ball at the fence. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of my baseball career because I bought Nirvana's in utero later that summer and I quit all sports. <laughs> why did that matter to me? Why, why did that one little league game mattered to me. That little one little league game is a summation of all things I loved about baseball. Um, my dad and I used to play catch every day after work, and he taught me how to swing. Or the exact opposite. I didn't have a dad, and I literally threw a ball at a wall for eight hours a day. So I was one of the few kids in town, no dad, really good at little league, and I fucking loved showing up kids with really angry fathers. And I still... <laughs> do that. Um, there's no reason in hell if I had to support a father that we would be doing a talk show in a bar. So <laughs> this is my little league. I, I feel like we can do this together. We're going to have a good time. And uh, the Cubs have a chance of winning the World Series. The White Sox have a chance of winning the World Series. And literally nothing you can say. No, no logic in the world. And there's a lot to say that that's not even possible. No logic in the world could prevent that. Because in my heart of hearts, I always think the St. Louis Cardinals could all die in a plane crash and bump us up to wild card status. <laughs> and half the Minnesota Twins could break their left ankles and the Sox have a chance. And with that eternal spring of hope, Jeremy Traumer is going to play some piano. Esmeralda is going to co-host. We're going to have a fantastic time tonight. Jeremy, take it away. That was delightful. Jeremy, Esmeralda, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, pretty good. I'm happy to be here. Are you sad that you didn't get to... You might have had a career right now in baseball. You never know. No, I never... I was good enough to be an all-star in the town and good enough to play, like, county level. Um, yeah, you could have been a minor league hotshot. No, I'm good. My friend was actually drafted by the New York Yankees and the Pittsburgh Pirates and uh, said no. Yeah. So Why? Because, right, okay, the way baseball works is there's 30 rounds in the draft. He was round 13 uh, by the Yankees and then 20 by the Pirates. Once you're that low in the draft, you're almost guaranteed to never actually get to the show. And you just Does he make money? Does he make money? Yeah, he's a smart guy. And that's another no, reason. No, like, would he have a no, salary? No, he probably would have made 25 grand, and you have to, a lot of those times you have to pay for your own rooms. And it, oh, it, fuck it, that. Yeah, I know. It's. <laughs> There's no joy then. I mean, maybe you, if you got paid, you, you just sit you there. You still get to play baseball and make money. That's cool. Yeah, but you got to pay for your own room. Yeah, but you're going to make... Okay, I see your <laughs> point. It's like, come on. 
Yeah, I do the talk show because we make so much money. Yeah, Uh, that's it. What? Okay, let's let we uh, Esmeralda and I do a day and day show every once in a while, and uh, we do news stories because news is fun. Mm-hmm. News are news is things that happen, and we run out of things to say. Yeah, we so, don't have you know, anything to we're say. We're not that interesting. Great way to start this. What <laughs> what are the stories for this evening, Esmeralda? Well, I found when I'm turning um, 28. That's in, a good age, is it? Yeah, because it means you are no longer in the suicide range. What? Yeah, you have it to 27 to decide. And then after that, you're safe until 40 when you could possibly be assassinated. By the way, I base all of my life experience on the deaths of Kurt Cobain and Hendrix. Ooh. And, I would, I, that's, and that of course, sounds, John Lennon. That sounds nice. The thought of um, someone wants to assassinate you. You never know. Because they, they care about so you. So what we need to do is They're release. paying attention. You need to release an album, sign that album from somebody when you're 40, and then six hours later, you will be assassinated. Ooh. Ooh, I know. And then someone would name a school or a bus after me or yeah. something. Just a bus? I don't know. I don't know what uh, glory I had. Could be a school, a bus. Why, why? I don't know. Glory bus sounds like something else. A glory bus? <laughs> Maybe that's where my life goes. You don't know. That is a I'll sad bus ride. Anyway. I'll be 40 sounds like you be 40. Do you like the music of you be 40? I do, actually. Fantastic. New Who story. Doesn't? Anyway. <laughs> I didn't even get to the story. Did, no, I said new story. Oh, I thought you said news story. <laughs> like you were just totally... How many, have you anyway, had? How many drinks have you had? None. Fantastic. I know. Let's keep on track. It's been a long day. No, so uh, there was a study that ladies seem to think their life is over once they hit 29. Because they see gray hairs. But yeah. I know, right? Suck them. I mean, fuck whatever. Uh <laughs> Suck em? Wait, wait, wait. That's going to be your my two, new slogan. Your two suck responses em. were suck or fuck. Like, that's all? <laughs> That'll make you feel young. No, but uh, it was. it's all these, like, you know, you're no longer trendy and fashionable. You start behaving like your mother, which is actually quite true. <laughs> that's terrible when that happens. But then they say, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's horrible. I mean, anyone who starts acting like their parents, and you realize it? No, you what know it's... What if, you're, what if your parents are cool? No, okay. they never are. Not in your eyes. My mom? Well, no, anybody's parents. If they're cool as shit, yeah. the child never thinks that. I think I, I can think of a lot of parents that I think are cool as shit. Well, yeah, all, but the kid but doesn't to think be fair, that. To be fair to these parents, they don't take care of their children and they're all cokeheads. So I don't know... Well, yeah, yeah, then they really don't have They're parents. really fun to hang out with, though, so don't give them shit. There. But there was a, a lighter side to this was the fact that, um, I think, what is it, 50% of women said they were still youthful until their assets, quote unquote, started to droop. So essentially, this is telling you don't have any kids because they will suck the life out of you, and then that way you can stay young and healthy. So the message is don't have kids. And if you do have kids, be a giant cokehead and drive me around. Yeah, because then they don't have kids. They're fun. They, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't uh, also the message just be to, like, work out and maintain a healthy lifestyle? No. Okay, can ne- next story. That's stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> uh, the Chinese are making human milk and cows. Explain. Like the, like the cow's milk? They're making it so it's human. Exp- okay, you that's just said the same the, thing uh, twice. Yeah, what that's that mean? it. That's, I mean... They genetically modified cows to produce human milk. What is human milk? It's got more vitamins in it or something. So it's not like made from the bones of humans. No, no, they're not feeding cows humans and hence pooping out or... That's not how milk works. out milk. They don't poop out milk. <laughs> I don't know what cows you're looking at, but... 
Everyone. <laughs> every cow ever. Whatever. Are they, you eating they cow come out shit of and thinking it's milk? <laughs> I think they're cookies. <laughs> Speaking of eating. What? Uh, that was segway. brilliant. That was, that was a good brilliant. segue, right? That uh, was not planned. Good job. So Off the cuff. Glenn Beck once might start his own channel. And then that got me to thinking, what if you, me, them, everybody had a channel? We, yeah. It's called what a podcast. <laughs> no, like a cable channel. We oh, had a, yeah, yeah, a television yeah. channel just for us to put whatever we wanted on All right. There. Well, you know what? Let's program a day what right now. What would you do that? What would, what would I run? you do? What would you run? What would I run? Okay, let's plan from midnight to midnight. This what? is not a joke. Oh. So. My plan was, I had this grand idea um, that there would be food shows on it, but all the food shows would have me on eating the food. When would these air? <laughs> when would these air? Oh, I don't. You can air them whenever. I'd say those are morning shows. We probably so wouldn't even have that many shows, so we'd have to run them over and over and over again. No, we're gonna we're gonna program an entire That's network right now. That's how cable channels work. So from noon, from ten a.m. to noon, it's three different cooking shows, three different. Why can't we do more? You need. Can we do one for more breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then I never have to buy food again? That's fine. Eight a.m. breakfast show, noon lunch show, and then seven is your other That's show. That's perfect. Well, let's do eight. Eight, fine. So because <laughs> they're live. <laughs> oh, we're doing this live every day. Why not? Oh, that's fine. That would be perfect. So we're going to do food, food, and food. We're gonna no, do see, but what would happen is, so we'd have these food shows, right? I'd go on them. And then eventually I would get so fat from eating all this food, because none of it's healthy. Are you kidding me? You, um, you so know, no, you I would get so fat, and then I would have my own reality show where I would uh, try to lose the weight that I gained from eating from all these shows. So hence, new programming. Okay, so thus so far... So I would be helping out... Your channel a lot. 8 a.m. You food show for you. Noon food show for you. 7 p.m. reality show of you losing weight. 8 p.m. Uh, food show. I would show, be eating. Yeah. 8 p.m. eating again. 9 p.m. <laughs> reality show of behind the scenes of oh, you trying yeah, to that lose would be weight. Good. Uh, thus far, I have one hour of the talk show. That's it. So we have a lot more hours to fill. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd have something to do for well, that hour. At, from at midnight, we'll do stand-up showdown. But then I also thought RuPaul could get in, get on this too. Who would? RuPaul. Uh, at, from min from at midnight, we do stand-up showdown at one a.m. Because I'm sure sh- she's got a lot of show ideas. From one a.m. to eight a.m., it's just camera on RuPaul. Hmm. I would be like a secret camera, like a satellite. Do you know when, like, if pe- when people had satellite and they could view, they could watch the uh, like news stations. When the the anchor was just like p- starting, and they'd be practicing or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's where like they would catch them saying like "fuck shit" and swearing and saying horrible things about people. We would have that on RuPaul all the time. She wouldn't know about it. We'd get the best shows out of that. Okay, I just programmed the entire uh, uh, day. Okay, okay, here we now go. Now we need money. Starting at one a.m. Camera on RuPaul. That goes until eight a.m. Eight a.m. Your food reality show. Nine a.m. till noon. We just run mis- reruns of Mr. Rogers. Noon. You do another food show from one to, from one p.m. to four p.m. Uh, my friends and I do a live call of every Cubs game from four p.m. Even uh, if there's no game. Even if there's no game, we just talk <laughs> like there is a game, and we call. We watch other TV and call the news. Um, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., it's just friends of mine and you, of course, and we're just oh. drinking. Uh, 7 p.m. is your reality show where you eat. 8 p.m. is your... No, sorry. 
7 p.m. is your reality show where you lose weight. 8 p.m. is your another food show. 9 p.m. is the behind the scenes of the food show. That, and then the 10 p.m. is like the internet only director's cut, and that's where you get to swear and stuff. We're just going to run the, uh, <laughs> clips from that. 11 p.m., you made them everybody live. And then at midnight till 1 a.m., stand up showdown, where it's just me on stage, kind of like the Benson Interruption. Uh, but it's kind of just more of a repeat of friends of mine drinking. So can it's going to be a good 24 hours. Can we also put in at some point some good infomercials? No, we need seven hours of RuPaul no, in the middle of the night. But I like watching those. I don't know why I'd watch my own channel. Fine. 4 a.m. It's just you watching reality shows. Yeah. No, I'm not reality shows. Infomercials. But we infomercials. don't actually air the infomercial. You just, it's lit- it's, you just see the glow. Of course. And of then the college TV. students will try to play drinking games based on what you're watching. Yeah. So you're on screen about eight hours a day for eight different things. And you're going to go between drinking for four hours to eating to working out. Back to eating. As long as we get advertisers and they're paying for this, then it's okay. I think we could get Adderall <laughs> to pay for this show. Yay. Just Adderall. <laughs> Adderall and hope. Yay. Oh, and um, Slim... F- no, not Slim Fast. I don't want to eat that. Slim Jims. Yes. And Slim Jims. But then that... What's that stuff that makes you poop I just, out We fat? just named an indie song. Adderall and Slim Jims. Alestra. And then Alestra would be the... Um, the, the audience is saying ally, not Alestra. That's just a... You have, you still have to watch your weight. Alestra just you know, we could have, comes through. We yeah. could have more than one sponsor. What's that? And Activia. Yeah. And enemas. Okay. And milkshakes. And coffee. <laughs> we were almost a health channel. Yeah. Almost. But the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to bring on a guest so it's less awkward? Yes. Fantastic. Coming to the stage... She's an author. She's got a book, which makes her respectable. It's called An Off Year. It came out, I want to say, 18 months ago. Is that right, Claire? I remember this because I worked at Quimby's for a, a scant three weeks, and you, the, your book came out the day I started working there. And I kind of blame you for uh, helping me quit a $6-an-hour job. So please put your hands together. Coming to the stage, Claire Zolke, everybody. Claire Zolke. <laughs> got me all riled up about baseball. Are you a baseball fan? I am. What's your team? White Sox. Where are you from? I'm actually from Evanston. Which oh, is, really? Yeah. Okay, so why the White Sox? Uh, well, my parents, my dad's from Bridgeport originally, ah. and my, my parents actually met in grade school. Oh, my God. I know. Are they still cool? together? Yeah, they are. Well, my other topic was going to be cool parents, actually, believe it or not, but uh, they say that back whenever they were children, um, the White Sox were the cool team. So that was the team that you followed if you wanted to be hip. Why did they move? Oh, I don't know. Who cares? This, you? Yeah. Oh, you know what? They both went to Northwestern also. Oh, wow. So they're smart. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So they're breaking the mold of every Sox fan. Boo. I'm leaving the show. That's fine. Um. I'm going to burn it to the ground. Are you really? Do you still go to games? Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to a game on the April 16th, Isn't actually, for my birthday. Who are you seeing? Uh, who are they playing? Yes. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> true fan. It's going to be fan. cold. It's, okay, it is going to be cold. Where, do you know where your seats are? Uh, they're my dad's uh, work seats, so they're right behind first base. Uh, night game? It's got to be. It could no, be it's a day, day game. game. That's going to be really? Yeah, I have that whole day planned out. What's, let's go through the day. Okay. When do you wake up <laughs> on. This is going to be a show well, on our channel. It's my birthday weekend. It's a really busy weekend. So, so this is April 16th. Yeah, my birthday's the day before. Happy birthday. Thank you. Tax day. Wait, mom. wait, stop. Dad's Jeremy's birthday. Hey! Aries. It's Jeremy's birthday. Here's the thing. You just said tax day. He's an accountant. Hey. 
his well, life is a lot more boring than yours. And it's Easter every 11 years, too. <laughs> it's Easter every 11 years. Yeah, it'll be Easter next year. It was Easter on April wow. 15th, 1979. Easter, the Greek Orthodox Easter? No, the real Easter. The real Easter. <laughs> the okay. real Easter, great. Do you hate Greek people? No, they're okay. okay. I don't, I mean, you know, no. April 16th, let's go through the day. Okay. When do you wake up? Uh, I'll probably wake up around 8. 8 a.m. You could... By that point, RuPaul's off the air, but we're, Merle's food show is on at that on. point. You can, you can I'm have, missing it tonight. We can have a breakfast birthday thing. All right. But, but really, I get to eat most of the food. You, I'll give okay. you something. You're kind of like the it's audience. My, it's sort of my birthday. I yeah, think. I'll give you a sample. That's okay. why you're in the audience, because it's your birthday. Okay. It's a special audience <laughs> member gift. Okay, uh, so why are you waking up at 8 a.m.? Well, game's at we have one. a dog who has oh. a schedule. What's your dog's name? His name is Briscoe. Why Named Bris- after Lenny, D- Lenny Briscoe from Law & Order. Oh, that's actually really that sounds so sweet. Because he kind of looked like a dog. Yeah. He, He's all yeah, old he and hang, droopy. He was hang dog. And <laughs> whenever we watch Law & Order and Lenny Briscoe makes a joke, we're like, Briscoe, you just made a funny joke. <laughs> he was also a cop body. on the NY, <laughs> NYPD for so many years. Yeah, he was. No. So, what is your dog's funniest joke? Oh, he's a greyhound. He doesn't have. He was a. He had a career. He doesn't have jokes to. Oh, my greyhound. Well, the <laughs> Lenny Briscoe. Every joke is like, you know, like what a way to go. And be like, yeah, I don't know. I I can't come up. That's with That's not now. a funny joke. No, I don't. Your dog means better me writers. Okay, you wake up at eight a.m. to walk Briscoe and or to watch Law and Order with Briscoe. Right. What's next? Then that day, I'm going to Northwestern to be to speak at a day with Northwestern. That's oh, fancy. It is. I didn't realize this is a big fancy deal. Apparently. Did we get? We got you first though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We're in it. What are you going to speak about at Northwestern? I guess blogging or something. I, I like that you're passionate about your craft. I should know about this a little bit. Better. No, don't know about it. It's more fun to wing it. Yeah. You'll have a good time. You are a blogger. Yes. Uh. But let's go back to the day. Okay. When does the Northwestern thing go? So that's in the afternoon. That's like at 11. Okay. And then there's a lunch. What are you going to eat for lunch? I don't know. They're going to serve it to me. So we'll see. What that's would you? What would your, your ideal prepared meal at the Northwestern? Uh, uh, my ideal prepared meal would be a really good sandwich. Okay. That's vague. What kind of sandwich <laughs> is it? Well, it depends. I think it has to be in really good bread, ideally a baguette. A baguette. It's the basis for okay. a really good sandwich, I would say. Uh, it's just the ingredients. Good good mayonnaise, good mustard, you know, brie would be great. So you have just cheese, mayonnaise, mustard, and a baguette. Good bread, good cheese. Really, what else do you need? I mean, everything else is sort of... Meat? Filigree. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So you eat your meat sandwich. Uh-huh. Back to North... And then when is the White Sox game? White Sox game is after that. Game is at 3. Oh, 3 p.m. start. Yeah, is I it know, the weekend right? game? Yes, Saturday game. Fantastic. Uh, and then this is a private party, so I feel bad talking about this, but we're going to the Hideout's 15th anniversary party, which is quinceanera-themed. And because there's so many Mexican people that hang out at the Hideout. <laughs> well, at the at the Home Depot there. At the Home yeah. Depot next <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that joke's okay because she's Mexican. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that party's been quite a to-do because I was trying to figure out how to get it, one of those dresses. And a lot of people were like, oh, just go to one of those stores on Western. And those dresses are really expensive. Oh, yeah, they're not cheap. They're not cheap. And then... Um, Could I give you a suggestion? Yeah. Go to Village Thrift in Little Village on 26th. Uh, okay. 26th in Pulaski. I'm not joking. Uh, that, that, thing, that place will burn down. It is packed with stuff. Well, that sounds gross. It's 95% Hispanic neighborhood. I'm sure there's about 300 quinceanera dresses you can get for about a nickel. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. So that's where you go. Okay. Are you going to wear the dress to the baseball game? 
I don't think so. Paul Canerco won't fall in love with me. Is Paulie your favorite White Sox? Yeah, for always and forever. Why is that? I think because of the seats that we had, where it was oh, just Jesus. it was just ingrained. I just look at his uniform all the time and his little butt, and he has this Polish <laughs> name. He does have a little butt. His cute little butt, and he seems he's sort of quiet and kind of shy, but he's a team player. And he are you an AJ down. fan? I am, you know, I am an AJ fan, but I could admit that I probably would hate him if he played for any other That's team. That's fair. Did you like the big hurt? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to go to Bobblehead Day for Big Hurt this year? There are two. I don't know. See, here's the thing. Times are tough, and I need to like kind of plan accordingly. Like, we have an opportunity to go to Dog Day, which is something that we usually don't miss. But that's – like, they just had a story on NPR today about how expensive baseball games are. It's the how worst. does Dog Day work? Okay. Dogs dog Day everywhere? is one of my favorite holidays. Wait, of- wait, wait. That's a holiday. Well, I consider it a holiday. Fans- Fantastic. I I place it above Halloween in terms Wait, of... Wait, so dogs really? are just wandering no. around? So you have to buy a special ticket for your dog, and then, so you, if you get in... Do you get a, a diaper with a it? Limit, <laughs> let, well, me, let me break it down. There's a parade on the field before the game, which is just fantastic. That sounds like a bad idea, because they poop on the field. Yeah, but here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, but, you know, everyone's got plastic bags. Claire's not mentioning it, and you don't follow baseball as well, nope. right? Um, they're walking on gravel the entire time. They're not on the grass at all. Right. So, in terms of cleaning it up, it's super easy. Yes. And yeah, everyone right. has bags. Well, they're still exactly. shitting on the field, though. Dogs don't just, like, shit constantly. They're just... Mm, they kind of do. <laughs> I don't know what kind of dogs you know. Well, they never were on schedules. Well, we schedule but dogs. all the dogs are dressed up, which is adorable, and oh, you're on God. the field, which is cool. Do you dress your greyhound up? Nah, he has, like, little outfits. He actually... The best outfit he has is a... Uh, it's his Halloween outfit. <laughs> it's a witch hat with a uh, bright green afro kind of curly wig attached to it. And he's too lazy to care when we dress him up, so he lets us put it on and he'll wear it for hours at a time. I imagine that if you kidnap Paul Konerko, he would act the same way. Yeah, well, he's... <laughs> He's got a wife and kids, so I kind of like... Not sexually, I'm just saying. So. Paul seems very lazy. He is very laid back, yeah. yeah. That's I why like I like Paul him. Yeah, well, you know, he's a, like a keep-your-head-down kind of guy. Every year that he makes the All-Star team, it's a shock to me. Because he deserves to make it. Yeah. But he's kind of old for that. Yeah. And we have Adam Dunn now. God, no one's listening. I apologize. Not White Sox. Do you think the Dunn pickup was good? I don't know. You're talking. You know what? I am the first to admit I'm really bad at like knowing trades. And like once we're halfway through the season, I'll have an opinion. That's fair. And then once I ask my dad, and he'll tell me what's up, then then we'll know. Did your dad tell you to be a writer? Uh, he. They did not. My parents encouraged me to be a writer. My dad always keeps trying to get me to be a teacher for some reason. And I always tell him that I'm not interested in that at all. And uh, he, he thinks I think he thinks that teachers make a lot of money. They don't. And have a lot of free time. Like professors, like writing professors. Like I kind of agree with your dad on that point. Well, I told him that the last thing the world needs is reluctant teachers. I think that's the first thing universities <laughs> like, need. Well, Claire, you're married, is oh, that correct? Yeah, yes. Uh, colleges need more married professors instead of creepy dudes around my age trying to bang 18-year-olds. So mm. I'd rather have a despondent... Hey, Claudio. A despondent, uh, by the way, home listener, Claudio's here. He sells tamales. He's a stand-up gentleman. So uh, that's a plug from the internet. Um, sorry about that. No. You took your thunder. I do hideout shows. Tamales coming in. Oh, you understand. Is, yeah. How do you I like the hideout? I love it. I love it. Um, there was another venue that came to me um, asking us if we would like to take our show elsewhere, and I couldn't really... And what is your show? 
It's called Funny Haha. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is at the Hideout on May 10th, and I'm, let's see if I can list everyone who's going to be in it. Uh, Natalie Kosar, who performs with the Cates. Homer Marr. Uh, Steve Delahoyd, my husband, who does short film. Hey, jo- Steve. Uh, Jonathan Messenger with the AV Club. Uh, Wait, Jonathan with the AV Club? Uh, excuse now? me, Jonathan Messenger from the Dollar Store and the AV Club will be there also. When did he start writing for the AV Club? He's not with the AV Club. We're so insiders. I screwed you're up. With the in- you're with I'm the insiders. You're club with the AV Club. And the insiders. And there's someone else who's reading, and I can't remember who it is. Uh, that's but, a good re- no that's a great leave them wanting more they okay can go to the yes website. you'll have to find out but you write for the AV Club yes I do and you were part of the AV Club's inventory yes uh, what was it Claudia wait pork yeah <laughs> here Esmeralda that will be cut out don't worry oh oh you shouldn't cut now that I out now I need to pause so we can cut it out I thought this was live like I thought everyone's listening right now well in the room oh yeah listen 14 year old is that a- how podcasts work no oh. uh Angry 14-year-old males like to listen at their leisure. Thanks, Claudia. So, it's important to just put it up for the world. Okay. Oh, anyways, you write, you wrote for the inventory book. Yes. Uh, which is a book of, essentially a book of lists for the AV club. Yeah, yeah. Was that the funnest writing job ever? It was fun. It was actually, there, it was harder than you would think in certain ways. How so? Well, because you, it's very democratic and they throw ideas out there and you sort of scramble to get your ideas included, and mm-hmm. there's always someone who has way more ideas, better ideas than you do, so you're just sort of always trying to get up in there. So it is fun, but you have to really be on your feet and then turn everything around and make sure you do the best job. I had, I had There was one entry that I had in it that I was really proud of, and, it was, and I think I suggested the inventory, and it was uh, famous songs by bands where it was not the lead singer singing the song. Ooh. So... And the number one, or at least one of the top ones, was uh, Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Now, and I wrote that one, Ringo. Yeah. And I talked about how Ringo's song, the songs that he sang for the Beatles were primarily maritime-themed, because um, he also did Octopus's Garden. He did Boys. <laughs> That's well, He didn't write that. I mean, that was He's, a cover. He didn't write any of them. Uh, he wrote Octopus's Garden. Did he really? And Don't Bring Me, or uh, don't, the one on the White Album, whatever that is. Pope Pass Me By. Ringo uh, wrote that? Yes. Wow. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll believe it. But um, but I said in that piece that Ringo was the undisputed leader of the Beatles, <laughs> and they let me keep that joke in there. So I was very happy with I it. I know that's a flippant joke, but I kind of think Ringo is the most badass of the I Beatles. I want Ringo to die last. And I yeah, can, he will. He's got, yeah, he's gonna. I hope so, because if Paul, I mean, I, you know, I give Paul the props, but it'd be so much better if Ringo dies last. Are you wishing Paul to die? Um, I mean... Really? You have to pause on that? The answer is no, Well, lady. I mean, eventually. I don't no. want him to live forever. <laughs> I want him to be immortal and consistently marry one-legged women that take him his money. Oh, man. I was just talking today about the time I got an angry email from his ex-wife's uh, person, press person, lawyer Continue. thing. Continue? Um, well, it was the same job where I got an angry email from Billy Butch, but this la- I was covering... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is this job? All right. So this... I used to cover Dancing with the Stars for the LA Times. I still write for the LA Times. I stopped watching Dancing with the Stars because I could not. I couldn't even get paid to watch that show anymore. That's how much I couldn't take. Too it. much dancing or not enough stars? <laughs> you know, just all of it, just too much. So first, I I made a flippin' joke about Billy Bush and how everyone hates him. And the reason I wrote, I actually originally made the joke about Ryan Seacrest, and my editor said, "Well, some people like Ryan Seacrest. Can you throw someone else in there?" And I was like, "Oh, Billy Bush." He emailed me. 
and was like, oh, so everyone hates me, huh? Like, I, like he kind of called me out on it. And the thing was, I, I felt really bad about it because I didn't really mean the joke. You shouldn't. Yeah. Now, right. now <laughs> I mean it. Now that I've had more years no one to, like, take him, him in. But, he, you know, like, when you talk shit about someone, you should stand up for it. Like, yes, mean you it. should. I've and meant at the every time, awful I thing I've said. Billy Bush is related to George W. Yeah, Bush. Yeah, they are, like, cousins. Yeah. I think. Yeah. How would the world not be better if he was dead? Billy, Billy Bush? Yeah, I'm not saying murder Billy Bush. I'm not saying that. But would anyone suffer? I wouldn't have this story. Oh, you mean if he died right now? Yes. It would open up a job. We'd have less Bushes on television. How is this a bad thing? I don't know. Let's not talk about him anymore. You brought it up. Okay. Well, the lady, um, the Dancing with the Stars lady, uh, I made a joke, a stupid what? joke. The dance with the, who's the Dancing with oh, the Stars Oh, uh, Heather Mills McCartney. Oh, okay. She was just Heather Mills at this point. <laughs> I love how it th- she went from Paul McCartney's ex-wife to the Dancing with the Stars lady. I mean, really. <laughs> that like, we all know her from. Oh, you know her from her charity work. That's how they put, like pitched her on the That's show. That's right. Like, charity, yeah, yeah. charity activist, famous charity activist. Didn't one leg of many. fall off? Yeah, well, that's, didn't that fall was, off. That's that was a joke that I made. A, a stu- I was uh, like, who, you know, hopefully her, you know, yeah. she won't do a kick Whatever. Stupid joke. Not, yeah, and ex- no offense. Everyone made that joke. Yeah, like, yeah. why would they single you out? Oh, Were you on the show single out? She was a crazy, like, just press person. And she's like, you know, hope you feel good about yourself making these jokes. And, you know, I was like, I get, I mean, sure. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I made money. Yeah, I feel exactly. great. Um, interesting little tidbit about, how, why do I know this? Uh, Paul McCartney sent uh, Heather Mills like a giant bouquet opening night of Dancing with the Stars, and this is post-divorce settlement. Hmm. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. He's classy. That's what he that does. Means. He didn't marry. He didn't marry the lady he's with now. I just finished a biography on him, so I'm actually like all, writing a no reading. Oh, <laughs> I so I'm all up to date on on Maca. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what do you like to do? You are, let's plug the book. Even oh. gonna, are you plugging the book anymore? I don't know. Yes. How, okay. Yeah, fantastic. Sure. This is perfect. Yeah. This is an off year. This is the name of the book. Yes. And it's fiction. Yes. How do you like going between Dancing with the Stars <laughs> shit you hate writing and the AV Club and the fiction? Like, what's, do you sit down and say, I'm going to write fiction today, or it's like, this is the job I have to do, I, have to, well, I will write this today? How does it work? That's a good question. I, I, right now, I am, uh, I am in, in between books and whatever, and whatever I'm getting paid for immediately comes first. So my day job comes first. and then What's the day job? Uh, I work for Northwestern University in like a medical journal through them, sort of. And um, do you like it? Uh, sure. Does yes. it make your writing easier because you have something to focus on? Yeah, perfect. See? I spun it well. Yeah, you do. Um, and I'm glad to have a place to show up every day. I used yeah. to be unemployed, and there's something to be said about being somewhere and interacting with people Com- and being out in the world. You're at a bar on a Monday night. We all understand that. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I do the book when I have time, but it's that's much harder. Those big meatballs right there. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Those big meatballs well, are harder because it's a leap of faith. Basically, you don't know if it's going to get sold, and you don't know. But now you know. you've been published, and you still have, no, you haven't. No, been? you don't. I mean, you still don't know for sure. I mean, I'm because it didn't. I mean, I don't want to talk down about myself, but it wasn't a bestseller, so it's not like I have the cachet. It bag. was a bestseller on the independent book circuit. Yes, that's I was an indie best yeah. list. And I mean, no offense, you hang out at the hideout, so it's kind of inevitable that True. you're an indie bestseller. And, uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm proud of the book, I'm really happy with it, but I'm not I'm not famous enough, I didn't sell enough books to yeah. be like, fuck you, publish my next book, and they'll be like, yes. So, can I, is that okay that I said that? Absolutely not. Okay. I've only <laughs> said it about eight times. Um, what's next? Uh, so I'm trying to sell another young adult book right now. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then I'm working on something right now that is uh, not young adult, 
and we'll see what's happening with it. It's and you still write for the AV Club. I write for the AV Club. I'm covering American Idol right now. <laughs> it's actually a really entertaining season. Uh, last week's results show was unbelievable. Uh, Stevie Wonder performed. You know, enough said, basically. But also Mark Anthony was there and Hulk Hogan. And there was a very surprise, dramatic elimination. I don't like the show personally. Like, I don't enjoy it. But I have a really good time writing about it. Do you think Steven Tyler is an immortal demon? I No, I think he's like a fancy grandma. He... <laughs> How is that different? I don't know. I don't have a grandma, so I can't say... So don't you feel bad about asking me about no, that? No, oh. not at all. Um, he's he's Paul. I mean, he's not quite Paul. I like him. Yeah, he's way more likable than I thought he would I be. I have an awful Steve Aerosmith story. I used to caddy. You know what caddying is? Yes. It's awful. I golf. Do you really? Yeah. I'm not good, but I do it. I'm, I'm going to get golf shoes for my birthday, I think. Don't want to jinx wow, it. Wow, that's boring. Um, don't be mad. I'm not mad. Stay, trust me. Stay pressed. Um, what? Uh <laughs> I used to caddy at Butler, where, where you can never golf because it's uh, white only, male only. Because fuck off, progress. So I used to caddy at Butler, and uh, Jesus Christ, same era when I was playing baseball. I used to listen to Aerosmith's uh, "Eat the Rich," which is track one on Grid a Grip. Mm-hmm. Um, not realizing that that album made each one of those guys at least five million, mm-hmm. like just completely devoid of uh, any sense of uh, reality. Yeah. So uh, Aerosmith, good for them, huh? Well, you yeah. know, whatever. I'm not mad at them. Um, what's the ultimate goal for you? Do you want to be uh, a fiction writer? Do you want to consistently? Do you want to be able to go between writing for the AV Club and stuff like this? What's your goal? That's a good question because that was my goal. Because um, oh, you started this in sophomore year of college. Oh yeah. yeah, and I decided I wanted to publish a book when I was like 13. So. And you published it. You don't have to say your age. I don't. Oh, I don't care. I'll be 32 in a couple weeks. That's so, great. Um, oh wow, you made everyone in here that's older than you feel a little, little worried. Oh, you're successful. Yeah, I mean, but so it's a, it's a good question. What do I want? I like the I love the AV Club, so I, and like working for them, and I want to just publish another book just so I don't feel like that was it. But you know, still not too bad to get one down. That's a good motto. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's we're staying a, it's, hopeful. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, hard shit. Like it's. I was talking to someone before about how, like, when you publish a book, you join this elite club of people who have this specific thing to complain about, and then that's all you do is complain <laughs> about it. So my my goal is to uh, the, uh, film RuPaul for seven hours a night. <laughs> I bet it'd be surprised. Well, I would be a little bit curious. He seems so nice. I have you. Are you watching Drag Race? Yes. Holy. Fuck, Ru- no one looks better in a suit than RuPaul. Oh, I agree. No, best tailor, best shoes. I'm just oh, impressed. Yeah. I'm so jealous. No, I want I to be Ru. RuPaul's best friend. Yeah, my colleague, Genevieve. You know how old RuPaul is? It's like 50. Is he that old? Yeah. He's gotten really skinny lately. I feel like he could... Yeah, like... cocaine's awesome. No. <laughs> he would not be all coked up and as successful as he is. Oh, yeah, there's no drugs in the gay culture. All right. <laughs> But let's be honest, if he was a big drug addict, he would be a big mess. He wouldn't have all his shit together. Oh, I'm sure, but he surrounds himself with people that are giant Well, like a little toot now and then, never kill anyone, I'm sure. (laughs) You just call it a toot? (laughs) Yeah, you know. I hope you have a child, and you say those exact same words. (laughs) This will be so obsolete by the time all our children are old enough to listen. Did you read that article on sexting in the New York Times this weekend? No! I have a girlfriend. I don't need to sext. Oh, it was a sad story. Way to bring everyone back. Okay, okay. sorry. 
sorry. I was just trying no, to you're stay great. abreast you're of current events. We're going to end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions. So, Claire, I need you to pick a number between 39 and 253. Uh, 204. 204. We're retiring the questions this year, so you get to keep it. 204. What do you think your family would miss the most about you if you were to die? <laughs> Wait. What would you miss most about them if they died? Wait. This is from the Kids Book of Questions. That's so horrible. <laughs> That's like what would keep me up at night when I was a child. Uh, what would they miss most about me? Uh, oh, I mean, that's a horrible question. I helped clean up a bottle of wine that my dad spilled last night at uh, my parents' house, so they would miss my help, my helpfulness. What would you miss most about them? Um, baseball tickets. <laughs> They're really good at shooting the shit on the phone. They're the only people in the world who I can talk on the phone with and feel absolutely no social pressure about it. I think you're like the 20th author we've had on the show. And I think you're the first one that still talks to their parents in a polite way. Oh, good well, for you. Thanks. They're great. They're they're great people. Not used to that kind of support. So good job. Thanks. Let's plug your stuff. All um, right. Yours is it Zolki.com? Zolki.com. She's great on Twitter. Uh, I highly recommend following her on Twitter. I do. Actually, our next guest too. But Claire's great on Twitter. Interesting website. Thanks. In terms of design, I like it quite a bit. You can check out her work there. I think you you don't publish everything you freelance for on there, but a lot I of it is mostly. on there. I try to mostly. I don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because I don't even know about the L.A. Times stuff. That's I just, old. I, I okay. Been, I'll, when Dexter is back up and so you think you can dance, oh, I'll be yes. all over it. Wait. So you're not sick of so you think you can dance? <laughs> no. Dan- so you think you can dance is actually a real a for real show. We're like, different people. It's not. It's not cheeseball, corny, embarrassing. It's actual. Serious dancers dancing for real and with getting actual feedback. But it's called So. Yeah, the, the title is dance? stupid. I see. It's actually I don't. People never believe me, but the people who watch it know it's actually a good show. Did you like the movie Step Up? I was gonna go see Step Up 3D with Tasha and Genevieve and Mara from the AV Club. We just didn't get together. But I so I haven't seen it. I wanted to see it in 3D. Did you see Step Up 2? No, I haven't seen that many. The only dance movie I've seen of late was Roll Bounce in the theater. So and that's roller skating more than dancing. So. Why did you see it in the theater? Um, I have this girlfriend who likes seeing bad movies with me. Like we saw, um, um, what's the one with um, Aaliyah where she played the vampire? I saw that. Oh, yeah. Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. We yeah, saw Queen that the theater Damned. together. Yes. Do you you can a... get them for free now, you know. Well, this was back in the old days. Okay. Yeah, yeah the olden days when Aaliyah was still dead. <laughs> but she was fresh. <laughs> she was freshly dead. <laughs> yes. And the irony is she played an everlasting vampire. Yeah. Everlasting? Nope. That's not a word that makes sense there. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a little redundant, but it should have said sense. immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Still, but still. Uh, we hey. have a gift for you. Oh, okay. Yep. We give presents. Hey. Um, so we got this book by uh, Dale Brown and Jim DeFelice, Black Wolf. And what I think is odd, <laughs> so it's a book, but it says, first time in print, which I'm confused. Like, what are they, are <laughs> they telling this? That. And are this they, is like the first and only time this will be in print. Like, I'm wondering, like, are they telling these stories It was an people? oral, it wasn't like an oral history passed down. I don't think so. I wanted to give <laughs> it's you, it's about crime. Um, I got that book for you because I wanted you to read something awful. Oh, thank you. So. I really appreciate it. No. I didn't bring you back. You're going to feel so good about your How work. How about that? That's on me, then. Fine. Sign it. All right. Uh, everybody can go to Zolke.com. Buy Claire's book. She's an absolutely fantastic person. Everybody, please put your hands together for Claire Zolke, everybody. <laughs>
coming to the stage is uh, someone that I know relatively well. He did a few things here that I am kind of actually uh, happy that we did. We did two live baseball calls, and uh, he was my favorite person on those baseball calls, and uh, he was such a cool guy. He podcasted the news with us twice. So, on that weird fucking note, please put your hands together, everybody, for Ricky Carmona. Ricky Carmona, everybody. Thank you, sir. How are we doing, everybody? Everybody doing all right? Hey, happy Monday. Word. How about a round of applause for uh, this awesomeness that's happening back here? Brandon and, and the crew and Claire coming up here. And you people, I love you. I love you. Awesome. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm going to tell you some jokes. Oh, man. What is going on? Uh, what's going on in the world today? Oh, they are... Uh, they are taking the N-word out of Huckleberry Finn. That is no longer going to be allowed in Huckleberry Finn. They are not allowing the N-word in Huckleberry Finn. And that is upsetting to me because I am not a fan of that kind of like political correctness. That drives me crazy how people just get over about things. or I just think like there's probably some old white woman in the South who's like, that's not how I use that word. <laughs> So, it got me so upset that what I've done in retaliation is, I've been going around to grocery stores, and I've been scratching the word crackers off of saltine boxes. <laughs> it is uh, not having the, uh, the, the same effect that I thought. <laughs> Are people drinking this evening? Are we drinking? Are we enjoying our beverages, our booze? I've had a couple of drinks, and I'm calling it quits on that. I, uh, I'm trying to, like, that was, like, one of my things. Like, I'm just going to try and control my drinking. Which, I, which, when I tell myself that, that means I just drink more. I'm going to take it easy tonight. <laughs> Let me get 27 gin and tonics, son. <laughs> but I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to, like, quell my drinking. I'm trying to, like, slow down on that. And I have no problem really doing that. The problem that I have is when I tell people that I'm not drinking tonight, and they look at me. They, they, they cannot fathom that statement. That is beyond mental comprehension for them. That's more confusing to them than the ending to Inception. They're just like, what? What are you talking about? It's like when you tell somebody you don't have cable, and they look at you like you just told them you don't believe in science. Like, you could tell someone you don't believe in God, and they'll be like, okay, I respect that. You tell somebody you don't have cable, they're like, and you want to have children? What is wrong with you? <laughs> or like when you're a guy and you tell your guy friends you don't like going to a strip club, they're like, what are you, some kind of pussy? I don't like going to strip clubs. I don't enjoy doing that. That is not something fun for me. Like, it, it, it's just such a fake environment. There is nothing more ridiculously not real than being at a strip club. You, you boil it right down to its essence, and all you are when you walk in there is a cash symbol, uh, and they want to get in on that cash. That is it. That's it. Nothing, nothing against that. They're doing their job, but that's all it is. And me, I'm too insecure, and that is just too bizarre for me. I'll be sitting there, and some girl walk up to me like, Hey, baby, you want to have a good time? Good. I want to make sure you have a good time. Don't get nervous. Relax. My name is Cinnamon Tequila and Chocolate, and I want to make sure 
that you enjoy yourself. Okay, baby? You want to have a good time? You want to enjoy yourself? I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to have a good time. You want to come back to my house and watch Big Trouble in Little China? Huh? Want to do that? Huh? What's that? I'm a weirdo? I'm a weirdo. Okay. You smell like pineapple juice and low self-esteem, but I'm a weirdo. All right. I got you. Ugh. <laughs> uh, it's... Brandon was saying earlier that it's spring, but shit, why am I still pissed off about the cold if it's spring? I'm done with, like, I'm done with all of this, like, this tail, this tail end cold that is happening right now. I like it when, I think, I like extremes. I like it when it's, like, extremely hot, or I like it when it's just, like, extremely stupid snow. Like, that blizzard that we had, I loved that. I thought that was, oh, I loved it. I thought that was brilliant. And I didn't believe it at first. They would, like, talk about it on the news. They kept talking about this, they kept talking about this impending, just blizzard that was coming, this impending doom, this impending white doom. I haven't heard that much talk about impending white doom since Rod Blagojevich was coming back to the city. You know? (laughs) That's right. I keep it real, son. Oh, like, like, it just needs to be like, the only thing that I don't like is rain. I'm not a fan of rain. I'm more emotionally prepared for the alien invasion than I am for rainy mornings, you know? Like, I just can't <laughs> handle that. But that, that blizzard that came, I just thought that was beautiful. Because for, like, those three days, if you decided to do anything where you left the house, it wasn't just, like, a simple, yeah, I'm going to the, yeah, I'm going to go over to my friend's house. It was like, it literally turned, you turned, your group of friends turned into the fellowship from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and every decision was based on whoever's idea it was to go out that night. Like, what shall we do tonight? Let us ask the ring bear. <laughs> we shall take the, li- the way of the sub on the line that is blue. We will go to the square that is Logan. I live in Logan Square. I enjoy it very much there. Is there somebody here from Logan Square? Yeah, clap that shit up. Stomp your feet. <laughs> I, uh, I love living in Logan Square. It's a lot of fun. Logan Square, hipster central. That is where fucking hipsters, like, that's like a factory. It's like, you, you can go to Logan Square right now. You can go to Milwaukee and Spalding and pour water on the sidewalk, and they're like little gremlins, like little mogwai. They just come <laughs> popping out like, I'm upset. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I don't know. I mean, I've been, Chicago neighborhoods are great, you know, but I, I, love, I love living in Logan Square, and I don't care that there's hipsters around. What drives me crazy is my generation right now. Like, I'm, I'm 34. I'm the generation, I think, after hipsters and whatnot, if you want to put labels on shit. And it drives me crazy when people my age, my friends, my peers start complaining about hipsters. They cannot stand these hipsters, these these young kids. And my friends, they always have the same boring excuses. Oh, Ricky, I can't stand hipsters. I can't stand the clothes they wear. And I can't stand their skinny jeans. And their, their, their glasses. They wear fedoras. I don't like the music they listen to. And I always want to be like, blah, 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 blah. So... It's not that you don't like hipsters. You don't like what they remind you of, which is you. I'm a 
want to let you all in on a little secret here. Back in the day, back in my day, back in the 90s, we, uh, we were not lighting the world on fire with our Jerbo jeans <laughs> or Z Cavarici slacks or our Navajo plaid hoodies or, oh shit, I'm wearing ski goggles to the left today because I saw that shit on BET Rap City. <laughs> There should be one day out of the year where we're all forced to wear what we wore in high school. We'll call it whoopsie day. (laughs) I'll go first. I was wearing cross-color overalls. Damn, my shit was hot. Orange, green, purple, red. Shoulder strap unhooked. Bah! Why? Because Belle Biv DeVoe told me to, son. (laughs) I had these... Black, like, god-awful plastic moon shoes with this aluminum foil tip right at, like, the, like, right at the toe right there. I looked like Theo Huxtable and an In Living Color Fly Girl had a baby on the back of an oak tree. Just hideous. Hideous. So, like, my favorite thing to do is when I, people so get, get so concerned with what they're wearing and how it represents them. My favorite thing to do is when I go to some neutral zone where it doesn't matter what the hell you're wearing. I love being like in a Target. I was in Target yesterday, and there's some kid all goffed out, all in black. Because I'll just look at him and be like, hey, we all need peanut butter, right, bro? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am, uh, hey, I got a quick question for y'all. When is uh, Sarah Palin going to open up her shirt and prove that she's a three-titty lady from Total Recall? <laughs> When's that going to happen, huh? Soon, right? <laughs> uh, I'm single, which is great. I don't know. Are there, are there any single people here? No? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I love being single. It's awesome. Because when you're single... You have absolutely no one to answer to. Nobody at all. I love these moments where I'm at a bar and it's late at night or just getting close to closing time. Or even if it's getting close to midnight and my friend will come up to me and he'll have that look on his face where the words that are coming out of his mouth are, Hey man, we gotta go. Uh, yeah, you know, it's that time of the night and we gotta get out of here. But what their face is saying, what their eyes are saying is, God damn, Ricky, I would love to be here and be a man-child with you, but I have to leave and spend time with this person here. That's why I love being single, because I have no one to answer to except that one voice in my head, which if that voice in your head is like mine, that voice has a James Brown cape. on, always just throwing glitter and DVDs and Blu-rays up in the air. Escape from New York, Ricky. Lord of the Rings, Ricky. It's wonderful. Zero responsibility at all. I don't judge myself. I come home. I love when I get to that point in the night where the I have two decisions I'm going to make. First decision, I'm either going to pass the fuck out. Second decision, I'm going to tear the shit up out of this peanut butter sandwich. (laughs) Those are the main choices I got to make at night. It's great. This happened to me uh, the other night. I was was watching Memento, 
while listening to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and my weed exploded. <laughs> that was pretty crazy, and uh, and I think I'll leave you all with that. My name is Ricky. Ricky Carmona, everybody. Ricky Carmona. Sit down, Ricky. I will sit down. Very good, very good. Thank you. I only have a few questions. Got to get the show moving. All right, okay. You're funny on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Uh, why should people follow you? Honestly. <laughs> honestly, I tweeted this like six months ago. I go, Ricky Carmona is the funniest person on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I don't know why people should follow me. I'll tell you why I like Twitter. Go ahead. Uh, because I, I love, as a comedian, I love the challenge of, I have 140 characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to get your attention and make you laugh yeah. because that's my goal when I'm on there make you laugh. It's very uh, good. And thank you. And 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 I, I I don't like the whole thing with I'm never a fan of I met the Einstein bagels. <laughs> what do I give a shit about that? Do, do you I hate bagels? Yes. Okay. Com- completely. Uh, you tweet a lot about your jo- dog JB. Is your dog named JB? That is correct. That's is it, right. Is it after James Brown? It is after James okay. Brown, yes. Uh, w- why do you like your dog? Because she's the shit. Dogs are, dogs are so much better than children. I hate children. Dogs are great. Dogs will never, t- they will never tell you they don't love you. And they will never. never wipe your ass when you're old. They will not. That's true. They will not, because you will outlive them. That's also true. <laughs> will you be sad when your dog dies? My dog will live forever. I have one of those amazing dogs <laughs> okay, okay. that will live forever. Um, what's the goal for you? Uh, well, right now, the goal that is ahead of me, I am moving to Los Angeles. At when? The end of, at the end of May. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. W- why? Because uh, you need a job in comedy, and you have to do that. I would like to be working in comedy full time. Yeah. And uh, It's a good thing that you stuck it out through the winter. <laughs> you didn't plan well. No, I did not. I did not. Why not the, just the, move in October? The winter not as upsetting to me when knowing that I w- this is my okay. last winter. Okay. You know, I just kind of let it roll off the shoulders a little bit. Understood. Let's yeah. end this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions. Ricky, I need you to pick a number between 39 and 253. We'll say 148. 140. Can I say 187? Yep. That was obviously taken, though. <laughs> Is it? 180, oh, yeah. 187 was taken, so you get 189. I'll take 189. There you go. 189. <laughs> when was the last time you felt completely happy? What made you feel that way? <laughs> I'll tell you this. I was, uh, it was not that long ago. I was sitting at the bar, and New Order's Temptation came on. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I love this goddamn song. That was because of me. That was really nice. <laughs> yeah. Let's plug your Twitter before we give you gifts. Uh, it's at Ricky Carmona. It's so very good, simple. honestly. So I would good. love it if you followed me because I do enjoy it very much, and I I just try and make you laugh as much as possible. It's on there. Very, very good. We have gifts for you. What do we have? To add you? to your collection of DVDs, you Lord. have Millions. Nice. You I don't like have it. You oil. can sell it. Have you seen Millions? I have not. But oh, it's, it's so fucking good. I heard it's great. Yeah, it's I, it's, I, great. It's, I know it's a kids' film, but you can tell it's his style. It's so fantastic. Word. And happy endings. Hey. <laughs> Isn't it about that too? It, it's also a children's film, not shot by Danny Boyle. <laughs> is this about happy endings? No, it's the same guy that did uh, The Opposite of Sex. Okay. Uh, but that's good, and this is just okay. All right. So <laughs> let you be the judge of that. I'll take care of that. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Ricky Carmona. Thank you.
Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy Tromick, everybody, please put your hands together for Jeremy. Jeremy's in two fantastic bands. He's in Otter Petter and he's in Ragtones, and they sound totally different, so uh, that's two chances to see him and go check them out. Uh, sitting on stage with me is Michael. Michael Lux, is that correct, Michael? That's correct. Fantastic. I have one simple question for you. Why are you in the window of a really neat store on Chicago Avenue in your five-star? You, the whole band, do you, do you even know this or no? I don't know. There's giant life-size photos of Michael Lux and the Bad Sons in the window. What's the name of the store? Seek. At Seek. I walked by yesterday and I go, what the fuck is going on? Do you even know you're in the window? No, I do know. I just wanted you to plug it. I just did. That was very good. Why are you in a window? You guys look fantastic. You look total 1968 London, but how the fuck did you end up in a window? Um... That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure why. I, they just said, hey, do you want to be in a window? And I said, why the fuck not? Uh, sure, man. And that was it. Uh, as far as I know, uh, th- our guitar player knew the owners. and they That's were not as exciting. Do don't, tell don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them that. I really don't know. This is why we don't interview bands for that long. Okay, closing <laughs> the interview, we're going to ask a question from the Kids Book of Questions. So, Michael, people will judge you on the music, not this. Don't worry. Pick a number between 39 and 253. 148. 148. Why 148? I don't fucking know. Fantastic. That number was taken. You get 152. <laughs> How would it make you feel if most people thought you were two years younger than you are? <laughs> two years older as well. Well, um, nobody thinks that I'm two years younger or older. They all think I'm fucking 18. How I, old are you? 47. <gasps> you are aging well. <laughs> no, I'm not really. Yeah, well, how old are you? 25. You're really 25? Yeah. You write good songs for a 25-year-old, buddy. Thanks, baby. Good job. Uh, let's plug the album before he plays. Uh, the album is right here. It's for sale tonight. It's called Michael Lux and the Bad Sons, and it's, uh, I don't, Meat Repeater? Meat Repeater. Meat Repeater. That's a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you to keep. How much is it? I like it's that your free. band is plugging you. Is it really free? Yeah, you can't give a shit what, uh, you know. What it's called because it's free. I've been is it really? Free. Yeah. Oh free. man, I. But I, we only have we have five hundred of them and they're almost all gone. They're. I, they're this is. Is this all? The, is this all the songs that are online? Yeah. That's how I found out about you. I really dig your tunes. Thank uh, you. What's going to be neat is these guys are going to play acoustic. Uh, usually when they're playing, it's uh, more of a garage rock setting. It's uh, jangly guitars. I've never played these acoustic. I didn't rehearse some acoustic. We never Fantastic. played acoustic. I don't only want on this fucking show. Anyone to prepare for the show. So they're going to set up. Uh, Jeremy's going to play. Please put your hands together in anticipation for Michael Lux and the Bad Songs. Jeremy, take it away.
acoustic guitar. This isn't even mine. This is the first time I played an acoustic guitar. This is the first time I've ever played with Michael. That's Michael O'Brien right there. And I picked him off off of the street one day because I thought he looked like a guitar player. Turns out I was right. This is called. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was the tramp. This is called coming around. The green. One, two, three. you win 
<laughs> Thank you. Thanks for bearing with us. None of us know how to play acoustic instruments pretty well. Come see us play a rock and roll show. I'd really like that. But you guys have been great for, for doing this. Thanks for being our guinea pig audience. We passed. We wouldn't put you down. Uh, this is called Killer. And then I think uh, Kevin had a song he was going to sing uh, that he just wrote like two hours ago. <laughs> it's popping out. It's called Killer. Secret Colors and Hollows and um, Suns. Free with what? From a, any, if you bought a record 
Free with purchase of a record. Uh, during record store day, April 16th, in the show. It's only $5 otherwise. Beautiful. And then the 29th, we have a show at Subterranean, April 29th, with Hollows and, um, you and Soft Hollows. Speakers. You and Hollows, me and friends. Me and friends. We're friends. They're fun. They're a really fun band. Yeah, we're friends. You playing a tune? Yeah. Play a tune. Oh. Kevin McCallum, everyone. <laughs> yeah! Woo! This is my daughter. Cool, thank you. I am in a group called Work Party. Work Party. And um, we exist. We're real. Sorry. I started the sentence. I didn't know where to go with it. This song is called July Was Paradise. And I would like to dedicate it to... Stephanie Cook over there. It was July is Paradise with her. And also, um, is this live? Okay, it's not live. But right now there's a guy in, in uh, Austin okay. who's frantically trying to find what's happening. Okay. So I'll tell him, I'll call him. And tell yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, a bit later. I'll let him know. Of course. July was Paradise. July was paradise and August turned blue Braces and glasses off And off you went too Now I've lost Another summer friend I'll head Straight for the fall again Oh no I can't stand another year of High school
thanks to Claire, thanks to Ricky, thanks to Michael Luck and the Batson. Thank you for listening at home and have a wonderful evening. Yeah! Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash you, me, them, everybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at the Hungry Brain, go to you, me, them, everybody.com.